I think it's amazing that we have the ability to be able to come into God's presence, no matter where we're at in our lives, no matter the things that happened yesterday, no matter what happened earlier today, whatever time it might be, we have the ability to be able to come into God's presence. And the fact that we can sit here right now and just be able to worship him, knowing that we can, we can go to the throne of God is an amazing, amazing thing. And as we were, as we were singing Waymaker, I was just thinking about all the different things in my life that I thought were obstacles and things that were coming against me. And I didn't know um, how God was going to work it out. I, there were times that I honestly didn't trust that he was even going to work it out. And there were times that I thought he could, but I didn't think that he actually would. But every single time, no matter what the issue was, no matter what the problem was, God was always there. And he always was able to get me and my wife or my family through the situations that we went through, no matter how dark the circumstance seemed to be. And so let's take a moment and let's thank God for all the things that he does for us. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just give you praise right now. I thank you, God, for being who you are. I thank you for being the loving God that you are. I know that I don't deserve the love that you have given me. Um, but you just continually show that love over and over and over again. And I thank you. I thank you so much for this community. This community has been such a blessing in my life. And I pray that we would be able to be a blessing unto other people as we continue to reflect the love and the light that you have given us, that we would shine that onto other people. You truly are a way maker, God. And so no matter what difficulties we come up against, no matter the, the problems that we have, the people that we come across, the trials that we have in our lives, let us continue to lean on you, continue to trust in you because you are the God of all things. And I thank you that we have the opportunity to worship you each and every day. I give you praise, God, for who you are. And we thank you today. And I pray that we would be able to bless you. And I thank you for the blessings that you have given us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. I hope you guys are having an amazing weekend so far. If you don't know who I am, maybe you're new here. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. And I have the privilege and honor to be able to bring you guys today's message, which today's title of the message is the apt gamer face. Now, you you might be getting hung up on the words a little bit right now, okay? You're thinking, the word apt, really? Is that, okay, don't get hung up on that word. It's literally in the title specifically for two people, Pastor Daylight and my wife, okay? Pastor Daylight on the Thursday Daily Reconnect, he does not believe that this is a real word or that it's used. It kind of kind of makes sense for the title a little bit, but like I said, don't get hung up on it. It means suitable or... Um, appropriate. And so the suitable gamer face or the appropriate gamer face. Okay. And my wife, after she heard me talk about uh, the Thursday daily reconnect, she was like, I, I have to agree with pastor daylight. I don't think that's a word. People don't use that word. Who are you even right now? So the apt gamer face, like I said, don't get hung up on the title, <laughs> but here we are. So pastor daylight, this one is for you. But apart from that today, 
uh, we're going to be talking a lot about determination, specifically determination and and really focus. And and so who here has seen the true determined face of a gamer? I mean, when I'm talking about the true, I mean, you're sitting there, maybe you're watching a tournament or some sort of stream. People are about to go into some hardcore raid and you've seen people do this. And I've seen it as well. You see somebody do one of these things. They, they're like, and they start like shrugging their shoulders and they, they like, I can understand it from like a physical sports aspect, but from like a gamer aspect, it's a little bit strange, but here's the thing. I've done it myself, actually. <laughs> when I'm going into a big fight, kind of have this moment where you just kind of shake your head a little bit, right? It's this this focus, this determination that you're about to have. Um, your your face goes from a face that doesn't really care to the face of having what is called the eye of the tiger because you're about to go into a battle. Or maybe you've seen this one before. If you guys are Super Smash Brothers fans, or maybe you've seen other tournaments, this has happened so many times to me when I'm when I'm watching people play a tournament or i was about to go against somebody in a super smash brothers tournament you get one of these people they have their glasses okay they got their glasses on they sit up in the chair a little bit and they do one of these the glasses adjustment once you see the glasses adjustment happen you know that you're going to lose you might as well just put down your controller right there because you know that you're about to lose this match. I should probably wear those more often, to be completely honest, but here we are. But anyways, you know that those people, they mean business. They are focused. They are determined. They are going to achieve or accomplish that mission because they are that focused and they did the glasses adjustment. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I used to watch a lot of Super Smash Brothers tournaments, and I would see uh, there was one clip. I couldn't find it. I was trying to find it actually for this sermon, but there were four people. They were doing duos. It was two versus two, all four of them wearing glasses at the same exact time, completely unplanned. All of them at the same exact time adjusted their glasses. Pretty, probably one of the funniest things I had seen. But we see this determination. We see it in sports. We see it in gaming. We see it in all sorts of different places. And this phase happens, like I said, when there's a mission and people are being are they're set out to accomplish this mission. We're so focused on the goal at hand that nothing, nothing that gets in our way, it's not going to distract us. No matter if there's opposition that's in our way, no matter if there's a barrier or some kind of obstacle, we're going to tear that barrier down and we are going to go after our goal because of the passion that we have. And that's what true determination really is. It's that zeal that you have to make sure that the mission is a success. And for a gamer, like I said, that might be to win a tournament. It could be a Super Smash Brothers, Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege. Um, let's put Overwatch 2 in there, even though rip Overwatch League, okay? You know, goodbye to all of you people that play Overwatch League or that were in the Overwatch League. Feels bad. Um, and, and maybe for sports, it's all about winning the big game. The Super Bowl, the World Series, the World Cup, uh, the Stanley Cup, all the different, I don't know why they're always cups, but it, it's its winning that big game. It's about getting first place, the determination to be able to complete that. And all of your effort and focus is on completing it. So I'm here to ask you today, do you have this zeal? Do you have this determination? Do you have this game face that's that you have to complete the mission that you have been set out to do or what God has called you to do. And today we're going to take a look at the greatest example of determination. And not only is it Jesus that gives us this example, 
but it's also, it's toward what would be the most difficult task that anybody could ever take on. And it's such a difficult task that only God himself would be able to take on this task. And Jesus quite literally at this point, he puts on his gamer face. And so put this in the chat. I want everybody to spam this in the chat. Jesus has a gamer face. Okay. Jesus has a gamer face. Yes. We're going to talk about Jesus's game face right now. Okay. Cause he has a game face. Do you know what your purpose to do in your life? And if you do know what it is, are you determined to do it no matter what gets in your way? I want to set the setting for you for what we're going to be talking about today. We have the Jews and we have the Samaritans. These two cultures, they hated each other. And honestly, growing up, I didn't really know why they hated each other. And I did a little bit more of an in-depth study this past week on why these two cultures hated each other, the Jews and the Samaritans. I heard that they hated each other. I know that they do, but why? And so I did a little bit of a study this week, and actually the feud goes all the way back to the times of Jacob. You have Joseph and his brothers, which then eventually these 12, these 12 people, it turns into 12 tribes which then you have the southern kingdom, which is Judah, and the northern kingdom, which is called Israel. I'm not going to go too into depth about it because there's a lot more that goes into this. But really, the southern kingdom at one point, Judah, they were taken into captivity by Babylon. And at one point, they released 43,000 people. They released 43,000 people to go and reestablish their nation. But there's people in, in the northern kingdom called the Samaritans who tried to prevent this from happening. They didn't want to allow them to reestablish or rebuild the nation that they once had. And so what does this do? This causes a, a wall to be put up metaphorically between the two nations for centuries to come. When you hear from pastors or from me today, when we talk about the, these two groups of people, they hated each other. When I say that, they really, really, really hated each other. They had no dealings with the, the other at all, and they wouldn't even be in the presence of another person. They really did not like one another. And so with that being said, let's begin with our te text today, which comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 51 and 52, for where we're starting. It says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, talking about Jesus, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. Now, there's two types of courage in this world. I truly believe this. You have immediate courage, okay? This is the courage that something happens, and you need to speak up for yourself. You need to defend yourself, defend your family, defend a loved one, whatever it might be. It's this immediate courage that in the moment, in this minute, I have to go to the defense of somebody, or I have to step out and do something, because if I don't make a decision right now, something is going to happen. But then there's a second type of courage as well. It's called planned courage. You, you know what you're going to face. You know the difficulties that it might have, but you're going to go towards it anyways, and you're going to move towards whatever, whatever it is that you have to go towards. That's the planned courage. Have you ever had that type of courage before? Have you ever had to have something like that? You know for a fact that you're going to face that something, something is going to be hard, that it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be outside of your comfort zone. It might even be something that's going to be extremely painful, but you move towards it nonetheless. 
And so these verses that we just read, it says that Jesus set his face. He put on his gamer face. To put this more literally, he was determined and focused on something. Nothing would distract him from what was his goal. He had this planned courage. I, I had to have planned courage at one point in my life, probably more than one point, but one point that I can remember, a planned courage that I had, was moving down here to Virginia. I knew that God had called me to move, but it was a little bit scary. I grew up in the same exact house for over 20 years of my life. I didn't move out until I got married. And when I did move out, I still lived within 10 minutes of my parents. And I lived in within just a couple of streets down from my wife's parents. We were this, it was like our safe little circle. We had everybody that we loved. We had our nephews and we had our niece. We had our whole entire family, my brothers, my my sister, everybody living in the same place, not the same place, but the same, uh, the same area. It was just a short drive away. It was comfortable. And so when God started calling me and my wife to move down here to Virginia, I started to think about all the difficult things that we we're going to have to go through. First of all, apart from the finances, obviously, but what were some of the other things? I'm not able to just go down the street and see my family anymore. I'm not able to just go down the street and be able to visit my wife's family. If something goes wrong with my wife's health, I don't have anybody to really rely on to be able to take care of her if I had something else that I had to go and do at the time, which did happen from time to time. There's multiple different factors that were going, I'm not going to be able to see my nephews and my niece grow up. That was one of the biggest things, to be honest, and that's something that I really miss. I haven't seen my family now for over three years, and I am a big, big family person. I haven't seen my wife's family for over three years either. We've seen her, you know, her mom, my mother-in-law, who is absolutely amazing, and I'm so grateful for her. But there's so many people in our lives that we've been missing out on because we moved down to Virginia. But the reason why we moved is because that was what God had called in our life. And so it was a planned courage that we had. Going a little bit more into Jesus's planned courage, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, in a sermon, he considered how severely the steadfast resolve of Jesus was tested. I mean, if you think about it, he had the offers of the world, right? When he's being tested in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan himself offers Jesus to have dominion over the world, which I always thought was kind of an interesting thing anyways, but he offers him dominion over the world. Jesus does not take it right? The persuasion of his friends, Jesus' right-hand man, Peter. <laughs> Peter, Peter says, you can't die. The persuasion of his friends telling him that he can't go to do what his mission was and what God the Father had put him on this earth to do. By the unworthiness of his clients, I know for a fact that I am not worthy. I, I, I am not, and I was not worthy for Jesus to go to the cross for me. There's no reason that he should have other than the fact that he has great love for us. By the ease at which he could have backed out if he had wished to. At any second, Jesus could have just snapped his fingers and had all of the end. Whether it was going to the cross or while he was on the cross, he could have just ended it. But he didn't by the taunts of those people that mocked him. He was mocked during his ministry. He was mock mocked on his way to the cross. And once again, that could have been something where he said, this is just too much and I'm ending it. And then finally, the full stress and agony of the cross. 
Jesus knew that he was going to be not only physically in pain, not only humiliated, because this was the most humiliating way for anybody to die, but he was going to have to feel the agony of the cross from a spiritual aspect, which we can't, we can't understand what Jesus went through on a cross. We just can't. And he took it all upon himself, and he knew that he was going in that direction. So Jesus, at this point, he sends people ahead of him to go into the village of the Samaritans. Remember the Jews and the Samaritans, okay? To prepare a place for them to stay for the night. And this is where the first opposition takes place. Now, I'm not talking about opposition just throughout the entire. I'm talking about for this journey, this is some opposition, the first opposition that takes place against Jesus as he's going to this journey. So put in the chat that Jesus' opposition, put Jesus has some opposition because I know that he does. I know that we do as well. There is opposition from all different sorts of places in our life, and Jesus had it as well. He was determined to do something, but there was going to be obstacles. There was going to be opposition that takes place. And to be honest, obstacles are never easy to overcome. They really aren't. Obstacles can make things just take more time. This past week, guys, I was streaming on two. I think I think it was I think it was Tuesday. I can't really remember if it was Wednesday or Tuesday. But I think it was Tuesday night. I was streaming on my personal channel, and uh, something happened in my Chrome Windows. Okay, everything just stopped responding. I got the little box that's like that that has the little sad face and it says there was an error. And I'm like, oh no. And then it says not responding. And then I clicked on the X button and nothing happens. And then I wait 10 seconds and all of my screens go black and I get disconnected from OBS. Okay. So what do I do? Well, I click on start stream again. I say, we're okay, chat. I get all my stuff back up there and I get the little square fat sad face again. It says something went wrong. There's an error. All my screens go black again. 10 seconds later, they all pop back on. So I'm like, all right, we're good to go. And then the same exact, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over? I don't know, but three times this happens. But the last time one screen popped back on and the other two were dead. And so for 24 hours, I still don't know how it got fixed. There, there, there was no fix. It just it, glory of God. Okay. One screen popped on, and so for 24 hours, I had one screen to work with. And I'll be completely honest, I kind of felt like I was back in college. I forgot what it was like to only have one screen, but I had like 20 browsers open. I'm trying to keep an eye on Discord. I was trying to create my sermon. So I have this open to multiple commentaries and multiple different things that are open, and I had to be clicking through different things, and it was just kind of a pain in the butt. It was an obstacle that I had to deal with, and I realized how much I took for granted that I have three screens to be able to work with for the job that I have. But here's the thing. If the opposition is big enough, this is where people fail to drive at whatever goal they're trying to achieve. I asked you before, if you know what your purpose to do, and if you know what it is, how determined you are to finish, to achieve that goal. Because here's the thing. Obstacles may be stepping out of your comfort zone. It might look like people rejecting you. It might be the effort and time that you spend to do it. Because honestly, when we're doing things, it makes us tired. There's a lot of effort and time that goes into it. The growing and stretching that you will have to go through before you get there. That is something that is always scary to me, the growing and stretching moment. And so is your face set on pursuing God's calling in your life? And I really want you to ask yourself that question right now. Because here's the thing, Jesus had an obstacle to overcome. 
but it wasn't just an obstacle. It was opposition from people. Remembering what I said about the Jews and Samaritans before, their relationship, it wasn't exactly friendly. And so let's move on to Luke chapter 9, verses 53 and 54. I think this, this part of the story is so interesting to me. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Now, the Samaritans, they didn't receive Jesus because his face was set on Jerusalem. There is a place called Mount Gerizim. That's where the Samaritans would worship. But Jesus was not going to Mount Gerizim to worship, and they knew that. His face, it was, it was determined and focused on something else. It was set on Jerusalem. He was going to the temple to worship. And so they didn't receive him as he was going through their town. So James and John, they're called, if you guys have read, uh, if you read the book of Mark, I think it's in, they call, they call, they call them the, son of, the, son, the sons of Boanerges. All right. This really all it means is sons of thunder, which is probably because of their quick to anger attitude. That's what most scholars believe, especially because of this moment right here. They probably saw Jesus' zeal. They probably saw his determination uh, during this moment as they're moving forward. But they probably were mistaken and misinterpreted Jesus' face a little bit as well. Because you see, when somebody's face is set and determined and focused on something, it could also look almost like a little bit like anger. And so there's the possibility that James and John here, they kind of misinterpreted Jesus's face. They also have this kind of emotional distress that they're going through because they're, they're not being received into the town. And so James and John have this thought, rain down fire because the Samaritans would send them and Jesus on their way, that they would call down fire from heaven to come down and consume them. Just a few days ago, James and John were apart, being a part of the disciples. They couldn't heal a demon-possessed boy just a few days ago because their faith was so little. And now you want to demonstrate something that is God's power only that Elijah the prophet did in the Old Testament. If you look back in 2 Kings, that something that happened from the Old Testament that's completely against the entire ministry of what Jesus is doing for the past three years. It, does, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yet James and John, in their moment of anger, they say this statement. So before we get to how Jesus dealt with James and John and the two sons of thunder, Samaria was some opposition that Jesus faced. Jesus and the disciples, they were probably extremely tired. They were probably hungry as well. They needed a place to rest and to be able to refresh and Jesus, at this point, he could have easily have just given up. These people aren't even worth it, he could have said. He, he could have said, why should I even deal with this if this is how they're going to treat me? It doesn't make any sense. But as humans, we allow obstacles to stop us from achieving our goals. We use so many difficulties and, and, and trials that we go through as a crutch and as an excuse, an excuse to lean on for the reasons why we aren't able to do what God has called us to do. And now, I'm not saying that your problems aren't real. I'm not saying that at all. Listen, 
I have problems too. And I'm not saying your problems aren't hard. I'm not saying that they're not real. I know that people have physical things that really do hinder them. I know that people have mental things that are going on or emotional things that really do hinder them. I'm not taking anything away from those things. And I do believe that God sometimes, he does close a door. But I do think that a lot of times as humans, we use what we're going through as an excuse when things get hard as the reason why we fail to do what God has called us to do. Yeah, God does close doors, but I think that we can close doors too sometimes. And so we aren't willing to push through the trials. But Jesus, he saw this opposition and he immediately moves forward. He doesn't let it distract him. He had something to accomplish. And so the last point that we're going to hit here is Jesus's love for all. And we need to have this type of love as well. No matter what you're called to do, no matter what your purpose is, we're, we're called to, ref, to reflect the light and the love that Jesus Christ has shown to us. No matter whether you're on the media team, the community care team, the mod squad, maybe you serve in a completely different church. I believe that everybody has a purpose, but no matter what you are doing, we are called to reflect the light and the love that Jesus Christ has. And we're supposed to reflect that to everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what they've come to do. And I find it interesting that James and John have this moment of wanting to call down fire from heaven to consume a village of Samaria. And the reason why I say it is because they've been with Jesus for three years now, about three, three and a half years at this point. They know what Jesus is all about. They understand what his ministry is. They have heard many, many messages that Jesus has. And you would think that they would understand a little bit more about what he came to do and what the kingdom of God looks like. But they haven't fully grasped it yet, grasped it yet or, or maybe their anger overcame their emotions, one or the other. But then also, I think back to in the book of John, one of the first meetings and one of the first events that happens if the timeline is correct anyways, was with the Samaritans. Where Jesus speaks with the woman at the well, who is a Samaritan. She tells her entire village of this person that just spoke to her. And she starts, she's the first person that we see in the Bible who says that Jesus is the Messiah. She goes and she tells the whole entire village. They come out. And so what does Jesus do? He doesn't consume them with fire and with rage. No, he stays there for two more days preaching and teaching to them about the kingdom of God. And then it says that many of them believed. And not only did many of them believe, but then they started claiming that Jesus Christ was the Messiah as well. And so I find it interesting that James and John have this moment because of the Samaritans because of the way that they were being treated after they already had this event just a few years back. So how does Jesus handle this situation? Luke chapter 9, verses 55 and 56, it says this, but he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Now, some manuscripts of Luke also add these verses, or the, these this to verse 55 and 56, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man came not to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Jesus shows James and John here that Jesus doesn't just love the Jews. 
He shows that it, salvation is not just for the Jews. Salvation and love is not just for you 12 that have been following me for this amount of time, but he came to save the Samaritans as well. And not only did he come to save the Jews and he came to save the Samaritans, but he came to save all people, everyone. Just like Timothy chapter two, verse four says that he who desires all he, he, he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Even with the rage that James and John showed, Jesus also showed them love in that moment as well, showing that that love needs to be something that we need to do for all people no matter what, even when people reject you, that they should still be shown love as well. Everything that we say and do, it needs to be for the glory of God. And we need to be showing love for all people as Jesus did himself. So my challenge for you is if you know what your calling from God is, to have that determination that no matter what you are going to accomplish that goal, that you will use that mission that he has given you to love all people no matter who you are and no matter what you're doing in serving, like I said, worship team, media team, mod squad, no matter what you're doing to show love to other people in the purposes and the gifts that God has given you. But maybe you don't know what your purpose is yet. Our third core value here at God Squad Church is discover your purpose. I mean, you heard it in the announcements today that God Squad Church needs help in certain areas. We're asking for your help for after church, for second service specifically. Maybe that's what your purpose is. But one of our one of our core values is to discover your purpose. And we do that through our XP path. And yes, our XP path is a place to, to move into partnership, but it is also a place where you can find out how to serve and where you can serve as well. What are my gifts? What am I good at? Every single per person, no matter who you are, everybody has a purpose. And I encourage you to find what that is if you aren't sure what your purpose is or what your gifts are. Jesus' mission as he set his face was to go to the cross. He knew the pain that this would cause physically and spiritually. Throughout Jesus' three years, uh, three and a half years of ministry or so, while he was walking on this earth, he displayed authority and truth but he also displayed grace and mercy. But why was Jesus so set on getting to the cross and accomplishing this mission? It was because of you and me. It was because of his love for you and me. Jesus lived a completely pure and perfect life that through any temptation or anything that came his way, he defeated it, and he went to the cross so that he could bear the sins that I committed, the things that you've done in your life, the, feel, the things that we feel guilty and shameful about, the things that we know are wrong. He went to the cross for all of us and died on the cross for our sins so that one day, after he rose from dead three days later, that one day, if we believe in him, that we could have everlasting life. He showed us mercy and grace because he loves us. 
and you have the ability if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you have the ability to be able to access that. You have the ability to be able to ask Jesus Christ into your life today to be saved from those things, to start on this new journey, to have a transformation of your heart, to repent of those things that I used to do and to move into a life that is set towards a life of righteousness. You have that ability just to reach out to him and to ask Jesus Christ to come and live inside of you and to change your life, that you believe that he died on a cross for you and that he rose from the dead. And then to start serving him. Honestly, you will never be more fulfilled in your life with anything. There might be a void that you're trying to fill in your heart right now, but you can't fill that void with all of the things that this world gives because all of those things they're, 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 they're going to go away one day. They're only circumstantial. They're not going to be here forever. And the hole that you're trying to fill, it's a God-shaped hole. And so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, or maybe if you need to rededicate your life, I encourage you to do that today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I praise your name. I thank you for sending your son Jesus. And I thank you that he had the determination and the focus to go to the cross, that nothing that was in his way, the mocking, the stress and agony of the cross, the things that he went through, thank you that he got there and that he had the determination to make it there so that one day I could be saved. And he took on my sins, even though I was not worthy of it. I thank you for your love for me and all of us here today that we could even just have just a little bit of that love to be able to share with all people and that we would try to love with the love that Jesus has for us. I thank you once again, God, for all that you've done for us and we praise your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Boz, so much for that sermon, for being a servant of God and just saying, all right, use me and I will teach everyone what is what needs to be taught. So I thank you for for finding your purpose and um, just taking that calling and sacrificing so that we can we can learn and we can hear from God. So I thank you for that. Uh, I hope you were all um, encouraged and challenged. These are good challenges. Um, I did see in the chat, lady, you had asked a question about how how do you show love to people who don't show love back? And I think that is a very, very good question. It's so hard to do. Um, and I saw, you know, people are telling you like, you're not, you're being stupid, like stop it. And I would just say you are not, you are being amazing for showing love to those and just surround yourself with, with people who know how to love as well. And you guys encourage each other so that when you are face facing times of trouble and evil and persecution and fight, that you can stay strong in this fight because you can be in it, but you can come back to your safe place where there's people who are going to encourage you. Um, at least that's the only way I can do it because I cannot do it alone. Um, because yeah, there are definitely temptations that we are going to face and we're going to be taken down and it's, it's hard. So 
thank you for being here and for being honest and asking that question. I'm so glad you're here. Um, and yeah, pray about it for sure. God will give us strength in our weaknesses. And it, it's probably not going to be just a in the moment change switch thing in your mind. It's, it's going to be a battle and a challenge. Um, I have this cute little book because I'm a mom. So I got this little baby book uh, for Bryn's birthday, this last birthday. And it's like, God, how do I know you're there? And it's talking about like how, you know, the wind's there, you can feel it and how, you know, the sky's there because you can see the stars and things like that. And it's like, God, I know you're there because you are love. So anytime you experience love, it's because of God, because he is love. And anytime you don't experience love, it's because it's the absence of God. He's not there. So there's no love. Um, and that's just been a big thing in front of my eyes recently that I want to share with you, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you for submitting prayer requests on the form. I appreciate that. Uh, if you are brand new here, if you would also like to get some prayer, um, requests in, we do have a form that you guys can fill out. It's the connect form. You can do exclamation point connect. It's going to give you a form. You can fill out whatever answers you feel um, you are able. And that's how we're going to know that you're here. Welcome you, answer any questions you might have, or also pray for you. So thank you for doing that. If you're new here, thanks for being here. We are a church for gamers right here on Twitch. Um, we have our services on Twitch, but we meet in our Discord. We have a bunch of games and events and all sorts of things so we are a full-blown community and we love 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 having new people whether you believe or you don't believe in god you are still welcome in this place because you are a person and we want to get to know you and hang out with you so we thank you for being here so much um if you also just recently gave your life to Christ, or if you're thinking about it, that's awesome. We would love to know if you had done that. We also have baptism opportunities and baptism is basically getting up in front of the public, the world, this Twitch chat and saying, Hey, I declare that I believe in Jesus and I want to live my life for him. So if you'd like to be a part of baptisms, you can also put exclamation point baptism in the chat and be a part of that. Um, I'm like trying to read chat and do my, my script at the same time. Cause I definitely like answering your questions right here. Uh, da, 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 da. It, look, it looks good. So we'll keep going. Um, so we're going to enter a time of giving an offering, and this is just a time and opportunity for you guys to be generous in your giving because God calls us to make sacrifices, um, whether that's in our time or our uh, finances. And of course, we as a church here at God Squad Church, we could not do this without you. And so we have this time of giving. You can give in multiple safe and secure ways if you want to support this ministry and our vision to reach gamers for Jesus, whether it's, you know, we build a community, we get to know God, or for reaching people who don't know God and telling them about the hope of what Jesus Christ is. So if you would like to partner with us and give, you can put exclamation point give in the chat, which will bring up the link. You can just head to our website 
godsquadchurch.com slash give. You can click the panel below right here on Twitch. You can even text us. So if you live in the United States, pull out your phone. You can text the number 84321. And what do you text? Any amount. And then it's going to start giving you directions on how to give that amount to us. But whatever you have done, whatever you are doing and giving, we thank you so much for your generosity. Because like I said, we would not be able to do this without you. So thank you.